Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. That was the sound last night outside Queen's Park with protesters chanting, let us in, let us in. Well, they didn't. And uh, inside the legislature, Premier Ford was relentless. We are proving that we are here for the people, that we will do whatever it takes to get the job done. We will do whatever it takes to deliver better transit, to fix housing, to make sure we don't have a housing crisis, and make sure we take care of the crumbling infrastructure right underneath our feet. Uh, Premier Doug Ford, last night in the legislature, one of the other quotes, of course, he says he is listening to the people. Well, he apparently wasn't listening to the people that were outside or inside the legislature last night. One of those was a former NDP MPP, Sherry DeNovo, who was uh, in the Queen's Park Gallery last night until she was escorted out. And Sherry DeNovo joins us now on the Bill Kelly Show here on CHML. Sherry, thank you so much for the time. It's uh, great to have you with us today. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Bill. Let me ask you about about what you saw going on in there last night and uh, and your reaction, and which obviously was a very emotional time. Yes. Uh, well, what I said <clears throat> in my comments was that it really is a moral imperative right now for Ontarians to stand up. Uh, really, what we're standing up for is the rule of law and basic democratic freedoms. That's what the notwithstanding clause is attacking. Uh, and, you know, it, I, I argue it's not progressive and it's not conservative even. This is the, the, the worst of big bully government being uh, in evidence here at Queen's Park. He wasn't elected on this, and uh, they're wasting millions of taxpayers' dollars. Um, th- this isn't even their principles they're standing on. You've been active in Toronto politics, Sherry, for a long time, even before you were elected to the legislature. And, of course, when there, you represented a downtown riding. What, what are you hearing from the people? I mean, you know, to, to listen to the government side of this, this is exactly what the people of Toronto wanted. I, I'm, I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. No, that's absolute nonsense. Uh, this is not what the people of Toronto wanted. Um, more to the point, it's going to throw the, the people of Toronto and its government into chaos. I mean, if they lose on appeal tomorrow, um, because the government, again, is spending millions appealing a court ruling, um, then uh, any decision the city of Toronto makes will be up for question and legal challenge. It literally will be uh, run from Queen's Park. I, I guess that's really what Mr. Ford is about with this. The other really dangerous precedent here is that using the notwithstanding clause, by the way, 80 law professors wrote a letter saying shouldn't have done it, um, but using this just opens the door for every other premier across Canada doing the same thing. Um, it would literally render our charter meaningless, and that's the basis for a democracy, that the section that he's notwithstanding is about personal freedoms. There we are, this, and, and I want you to talk about uh, the, this idea, that, again, that one of the accusations that this is just a partisan issue. I mean, ah, the NDP are just being the NDP. Uh, I've seen some of the response and some of the reaction and some of the people that are outraged by this. By the way, including uh, the Attorney General's father, Brian Mulroney, a former Prime Minister, uh, Bill Davis, one of the most esteemed mm-hmm. premiers in this province's history, and, and the list goes on. I, there was a great op-ed piece in the Globe and Mail on uh, Friday, of course, for Murray Hainan, of course, uh, the very uh, famous lawyer now, uh, who wrote a piece. And, and the essence of all of their comments, Sherry, seems to be we're supposed to be a country of laws. And, and yes, you can govern if, if with a majority government within the context of those laws. That's a fact that seems to be forgotten here. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, th- this is this is the basis, the bedrock of our democracy. Uh, yes, you know, uh, governments pass legislation, but it's tested in the courts, and the courts enact that or don't that legislation and uh, challenge it or don't. That's the, that's the checks and balances of democracy. And really, what you're seeing here is Doug saying, um, "I'm ruling for th- you know three million people approximately, and ignoring the other ten million in the province of Ontario and their rights and freedoms, and." Ign- Ignoring the courts, the courts don't have any role. Is basically what he's saying. You know, if and by the way, he did not get a majority of the voters. Um, that's because of our first past the post system. So again, for a minority of people who voted for him, um, he's acting as if this gives him carte blanche to do anything he wants, including trample the basic tenets of democracy. I was sitting in the stands with somebody, and he said, you know, my parents uh, were immigrants here, and they had numbers on their arms. He said, you know, uh, he said not to be dramatic about it, but he said it's a moral imperative when governments uh, act as if they can do anything they want. And uh, again, that's the sentiment that was being expressed in the stands last night. Well, and, and this is without precedent as far as I can see, and because and, uh, there have been governments that have actually run headfirst into the law, and they've respected that. I mean, I used the example last week, Sherry, of, of the Harper government with, with their get-tough-on-crime legislation of, that they packed into a lot of those omnibus bills. Well, as time went on, of course, the Supreme Court overruled and threw out just about all of them. The government at the day did not go back and say, well, to heck with you guys. They didn't do that. They respected the law, even though it seemed to, to clash with their agenda. You would have expected that same respect here. Absolutely, and, and what makes it even more hypocritical is it's the Ford government themselves that are challenging the federal uh, carbon tax, and they're doing it in the courts. So they themselves are using the courts to challenge legislation. I mean, again, and then they're saying that they shouldn't be governed by the same thing that they're actually doing. Um, So, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to this. This is a grudge match. I mean, you know, what what is going to satisfy um, uh, Doug Ford? Uh, You know, he clearly wanted to be mayor. Um, I I don't get it, and neither do Torontonians. And, again, we're looking at an election, you know, in in a matter of of weeks um, at, at the clerks uh, at the city council, you know, can barely keep on top of this. Um, so again, chaos, uh, division, huge amounts of money being spent, and uh, contrary to what he said, no infrastructure being built, no transit coming our way, um, nurses being laid off, by the way, uh, cuts to our, our school system, that's what we're seeing. And uh, it, it's reminiscent of Mike Harris, and even Mike Harris would not have uh, invoked the notwithstanding clause. But but with this move, and which uh, we'll talk about the inevitability of that in a second, if mm-hmm. you could, Sherry. Uh, but with also the announcement that, that Mr. Ford has made a little while ago that uh, that the transit system in Toronto is probably going to be run by the government, by the provincial government. Is there a sense right now that the city of Toronto is going to be run from Queens Park, not from City Hall? Well, that seems to be where we're headed. And again, um, you know, it used to be that the province of Ontario has paid for 50% of the operating cost of Toronto t- Transit. That's no longer the case. Now, is he, is he going to step up and do that? I think Torontonians would cheer if uh, the provincial government put some money into uh, Toronto Transit. Uh, but that's not what it sounds like. What it sounds like is he just wants to be mayor. And, you know, he had that chance, and the people said, no. <laughs> 
What I'm looking for, and, and, and I served on uh, Hamilton Council here for nine years, I went through amalgamation, still have the scars, as, as many <laughs> yeah. others do from that, uh, is justification. Uh, because we got the same song, Sherry, back in, in the late 1990s when the Harris government said, we're going to amalgamate you, and it's going to save millions and millions of dollars. Well, it didn't. As a matter of fact, it ended up costing us an awful lot more money. You saw the same thing in Toronto when they went through the amalgamation. So what I would expect as a taxpayer to see here is, show me where the savings are. Are going to be, and I haven't heard that. I've heard him throw a number out there that's saying Toronto's going to save X millions of dollars, but I haven't seen the paperwork on it. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, this is not going to save money. He's spending millions in the courts. Whatever money he's he's going to save, he's spending uh, on lawyers' fees. Um, you know, it's that's an absurd argument, and it's very clearly not the reason behind this. The other thing that's going to be a side uh, a byproduct of all of this, of course, is that you know, right now, uh, p- particularly where I sit, our churches at Spadina and Bloor, we're in the heart of development country. So, I mean, our city councillors can barely keep up. We're adding sixty-five thousand thousand new people to downtown Toronto every year. They can barely keep up with development, uh, you know, the, the process of development. So this is going to put them completely behind. So it really is a carte blanche to developers because there's going to be no time to, you know, have community meetings, to put up any kind of oversight at all. I mean, that's the other thing that's going to happen here. So um, so that's sad. And uh, and again, we, you know, um, those of us who've, who've fought at the OMB for for various things over the years, uh, would like to see some checks and balances on that as well. What about the accusation that Toronto Council is broken? Well, again, you know, on what basis? I mean, we've added seats uh, to the to Queen's Park. Uh, that he didn't object to, <laughs> interestingly enough. I mean, wh- how would he feel if, you know, the federal government stepped in and halved the number of seats at Queen's Park? I mean, would uh, on the basis of efficiency, and of course, it, you know, that would save way more money than having the number of seats uh, on the city of uh, Toronto. Um, so, again, this is, this is absurd. This is him um, trying to be bully uh, premier and mayor at the same time. And uh, again, I know, I, you know, it's just going to backfire. And the, and the fact that conservatives are scratching their heads over this, and certainly anybody with a libertarian bent, I mean, this is big bully government at its worst. This is the kind of things that they, you know, accuse other governments of doing. They're doing it times 10. Um, uh, and, you know, one of the things I said last night is, you know, uh, this is sad. Uh, you can stand up to him. I know how politics works, and basically the threat over that cabinet's head is, do you want to be in cabinet or not? Um, but that's exactly when ethics and morality is called into to play. You know, are you, are you really, is your, is your political career really worth selling out all your principles? And that's what we're seeing in action. I just wondered, uh, as I was watching this unfold over the last uh, 24 hours, really, uh, as you mentioned, if the shoe were on the other foot, if uh, when Doug Ford was running for Toronto Council, uh, if Ka- if Kathleen Wynne had simply said, oh, by the way, I'm reducing the size of Toronto Council effective immediately, uh, I can just imagine the outrage, but apparently it's okay if it goes it's the other way around. Absolutely, especially if one of the Fords were going to lose a seat on City Council. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's complete chaos, and there's no reason for it to be done so quickly. I mean, had he wanted to do it, um, fair enough. Um, still would have objected to it, but I mean, uh, you know, it could have been done in time for the next election. Uh, why throw this election into chaos? And, again, this notwithstanding clause, I mean, this is truly barbaric. Um, to suspend civil liberties to be able to change the number of councillors on city council. I mean, next thing we'll, we'll hear, you know, premiers doing it because they want to change garbage collection times. I mean, so again, it just renders meaningless our, our freedoms. I think 
I hope the courts have something to say about this. It's it's a tricky one. It really is a tricky one because that was put into the charter just you know as a kind of uh, a bomb to those who didn't want to have anything to do with it. I mean, this is really conservative attack on our charter. And I think as Canadians, if we're concerned about basic rights, we should be very concerned. It's not so much, you know, the content of what this is all about, but that he would invoke this hammer to get it done is really, truly frightening. Well, and, and he's preying on, on some people's misguided ideas. I mean, look, people don't like politicians. We all know that. I've been, I've been there, you were there, uh, and, and you always get this negative response from people. And, and he's, he's, he's prying into that. But if you look at the numbers, and I know you have, when you look at the ratio of politicians to population in Toronto, uh, there, Toronto is not over, overrepresented. As a matter of fact, there's an v- argument to be made that they're underrepresented given the population increases right there. So I'm, I'm still looking for some rationalization here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's part of it. And again, um, as we've both said, it's not going to save any money. It's this is a, this is a grudge match he has. And honestly, um, most conservatives I've spoken to uh, who voted for him are scratching their heads. They're saying this is not what we voted for him, especially in the and you know the conservative base in uh, rural Ontario. I mean, they're saying you know, listen, you know, what about us? What about our needs? You know, what about why we sent him there in the first place? I mean, is the cost of their gas gone down? No. Are they getting even a buck of beer? No. You know, uh, what, what about all the campaign promises he did make? You know, none of them being fulfilled while he's spending millions of dollars on this, uh, on this chaos. So, um, again, you know, and, and by the way, hinting at breaking his, his province to the municipalities, saying that hmm, maybe Ottawa's next. Um, so every municipality should be very concerned, and every uh, city council, including your own, should be very concerned about this because this is just the first, the thin edge of the wedge on this issue. What what options are open to you at this stage? I mean, I, I, you mentioned the Harris government a few minutes ago, and mm-hmm. there were some things that they enacted or promised that they were going to do that seemed rather draconian. And you remember the protests on the lawn at Queen's Park, and it got pretty messy there. And there yep. were the unions that protested, and so many other groups that protested. Uh, notwithstanding all that, I'm going to use that phrase. Uh, <laughs> they did what they wanted anyway, and they, and that they moved forward with that agenda, and and you know we still I, I think are are paying a price for that. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the courts. I'm not even sure if the courts want to get involved in this. Certainly, the federal government is standing back and watching this. They don't seem to want to dip in at this stage right now. So, it, it, is is there anything left? Any tools left in the kit here to try to do something? Well, it is unfortunate that the federal government isn't doing more, I have to say that. Um, uh, really just resistance and the courts, and I think you're going to see more and more and more of that, and of course you're going to see more and more. I mean, there will be a permanent campground on the, on the, you know, on the front lawn of Queen's Park at this rate um, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but um, again, um, one can only appeal at this point to the people who he says are his base and who um, are not supportive of this use of you know, extraneous measures for, for something like the size of C- Toronto City Council um, uh, and, and really just appeal to their principles. And that's all we can do. Um, uh, and, and again, you know, every, every bully has his day and uh, we're, we look at where this is leading and, and hopefully not for a second term uh, uh, south of the border and hopefully that kind of, of bully uh, leadership 
is is going to get its comeuppance in the in November south of the border, and you know ultimately um, voters are are what's going to fire um, the folk at Queens Park, um, nobody else. So. So the the point is just to get through to them and say, you know, this is not what you voted for if you voted for him. Um, this is not the principles. I grew up with conservatives. This is not conservative principles. You know, they're, they're for smaller government, not bigger government, less power, not more power, less taxpayers' dollars spent, not more. Um, and again, uh, certainly the rule of law. None of that we're seeing in the actions at Queen's Park. By the way, we referenced the uh, the Harris government and some of the things mm-hmm. they enacted, including amalgamation on, on both of our cities. Uh, to their credit, I don't think I'd ever be saying this, uh, they did follow due process when they did that. I mean, there were public consultations. There were opportunities for the public to have input into that. You may not have liked the result, and I think they probably had a predetermined idea what they were going to do anyway, but at least they went through the motions. Uh, that didn't happen here. No, and in fact, uh, Greenpeace, who, um, who has, has a lawsuit against the government, has forced them into consultations around the green energy and carbon tax uh, moves that they've made because they broke their own law on that, and they have to, by law in Ontario, um, have consultations. Um, but, you know, I, again, this, this is a government that's going to be in court constantly. That is, that is a fortune. That costs a lot of money. Um, they've already lost, uh, you know, against Tesla, uh, a one court case. Um, we saw them lose another on Bill 5. Um, so, again, at, at some point, the electorate, and I hope the people who voted for him and who funded him, are going to say, enough, enough. What about why you ran and why we voted for you? And we're not seeing any of that. But uh, but he was outraged last week. You heard his comments last week that he was that so many people were taking him to court uh, on this issue, on the Green Energy Act, on the fair wage policy, and he was just he seemed apoplectic that they would have the audacity to do that. But isn't that what we do in a democracy? We have the well, right to, to to protest and the right to to say I don't think that's right. Absolutely, and it's what he's doing. It's what his government is doing with the federal government on the carbon tax. So he's doing it. So, I mean, again, he's doing it on one hand, criticizing others for doing it on the other. Um, you know, there's, there's no rationale here. Um, uh, you know, there really is no reason. And, you know, even conservative pundits in the press are desperately, you know, clasping at straws to try to justify what he's doing. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, we still have the rule of law, um, we hope. And um, when you start messing with that, you really do start messing with democracy. And that's a nonpartisan statement. I think all parties agree we need justice. We need a, a justice system. Um, and uh, again, um, nonsensical. Um, he's, uh, and, and, it's, and it's sad. I mean, these are colleagues that I used to work with. I, I work with Christine Elliott. I work with these people. Um, I have respect for them. And to see them capitulate on their principles um, you know, that's sad. That's sad. Uh, very quickly, I know we've got to wrap up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I see how some people, some of the commentators actually, were trying to justify this with the old Shakespearean line, let's kill all the lawyers. Uh, I should remind them that the character to other that in that Shakespearean play was uh, looking to take over the country and create anarchy, which is why he wanted the lawyers out of the way. Uh, God help us if we're going down that road. Absolutely, and every dictator and every tyrant has done exactly the same thing. First thing they do is attack the rule of law um, and attack democratic freedoms. So when you see that, wake up, do something. Sherry, thanks as always. Appreciate the time today. A pleasure. Thank you. Sherry DeNovo, uh, former NDP MPP, who uh, got tossed out of the gallery at Queen's Park uh, because of her concerns about what was going on. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.